Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author and paranormal researcher who recently dropped his microphone, and it dented. <laughs> Don't worry, it was just the tip, but the metal mesh part got pushed in a little bit. Uh, but not to worry, she's a hearty gal. I think she'll serve me well for many more years to come. And as the great Aristotle once said, it's not the shape of the microphone, it's how you use it. Anyway, I've got a wild show lined up for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about 10 insane, crazy, preposterous conspiracy theories. And uh, believe me when I say they're completely bananas. In fact, the unofficial sponsors of today's episode are bananas and uh, tinfoil and maybe nuts in general. No specific brand, mind you, just any and all of them, because things are about to get nuts. And as always, things are about to get so strange. So dust off the old tinfoil hat and get ready, because here we go. Okay, I rounded up this article from listverse.com, 10 insane conspiracy theories about the world that we live in. We only have one planet, and until we find a way to inhabit another, we have to make do with what we have here and protect it as much as we can. But what if our only habitat and some of those sharing it with us are effectively conspiring against the majority of us in ways that can only be properly depicted in B-horror movies? What if people we thought we knew or knew about turned out to be alien reptiles or robots? What if we all choose the wrong path and now we're on a collision course with our past or the devil or something much worse? What if we don't even really exist? Don't panic. You're fine, but some people don't think we are. So here are 10 conspiracy theories about the world we live in. And number 10, the end of the world as we know it. And this conspiracy theory has to do with the belief that the world actually ended in 2012. That's right, 10 years ago. We've all been gone for 10 years. If you're still waiting for the infamous doomsday, well, give up already. Apparently the world has already ended and we all just missed it. Yep, the ancient Mayan prophecy is said to have been fulfilled in 2012. And this theory was given an extra boost by a Twitter user named Nick Hinton, who believes that nothing has felt right since 2012. Uh, also, it was the year that CERN found the Higgs boson particle, predicted by Stephen Hawking, to have the power to destroy the universe. Seems that CERN blew up the universe, and now we're living in a series of simulations because our collective consciousness was moved into a parallel universe. Oh, and remember the old Mandela effect? That is supposedly remnants of memories from our old life on the real Earth. I warned you, we're getting into weird territory here. You know, it's funny, though, because if anything, I would have thought the world as we knew it ended in 2020. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Huh? Huh? You feel the same way, I bet, right? Uh, but if you're not familiar with the Mandela effect, it's essentially a uh, collective false memory. Um, in other words, a lot of people on planet Earth uh, recall things from the past in pop culture and in politics and in every genre of life. Uh, they have memories that uh, are a little inaccurate, but these are collective shared group memories. For example, one of the, uh, uh, actually the, the, the term Mandela effect comes from the fact that uh, people remembered seeing, hearing, reading about news articles of Nelson Mandela 
who was killed in prison while he was in prison. Well, that never happened. In fact, he died many, many years later after being released from prison. He died in his home. So everyone wonders if, you know, collectively, consciously, did the human species, or many of us at least, you know, shift into a parallel universe? Or was there some sort of a glitch in the matrix that implanted that false memory of us all? And then you have other things, um, such as, you know, being a child of the 80s, I grew up reading um, the, Berenstein, the, the Berenstein Bears. At least that's what we called it back then, and that's what everyone has called it ever since. Well, apparently, uh, and you probably caught wind of this uh, Mandela effect, but uh, it never was called the Bernstein Bears. It's the Bernstein Bears. When I caught wind of this initially, <laughs> I argued with the person until I was red in the face. No, it turns out it's always been the Bernstein Bears. Different pronunciation, different spelling. And then there's the Jif versus Jiffy logo. We're talking peanut butter here. I told you this show was nuts. <laughs> but Jif is a popular brand of peanut butter. But many people remember that the brands label a little differently. Uh, a lot of people remember it being Jiffy, which is simply not true. And then you have the age-old debate of Looney Tunes versus Looney Tunes, the logo of the uh, cartoon franchise. And, and the difference here is in the spelling. Because uh, in one version it's spelled T-U-N-E-S, and then the, the other version is T-O-O-N-S. And uh, one of them's right, one of them's wrong. Uh, many people think that the logo from the Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers, excuse me, Warner Brothers cartoon was spelled uh, Looney Tunes with two O's, but actually um, it is, uh, excuse me, yeah, Looney Tunes, T-O-O-N-S, but the correct one was actually T-U-N-E-S. A little different in the spelling there. And then we have the uh, Luke, I am your father from Star Wars, one of the most famous lines in movie history. Many people who quote this famous line in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, they say, Luke, I am your father. However, Darth Vader actually says, I am your father. There is no Luke in that sentence whatsoever. Minute detail, yes, but how could millions of people the world over misinterpret such a short quote. Anywho, if we uh, slipped into an alternate reality uh, after the world ended in, uh, in 2012, the alien overlords are making this simulation seem pretty darn real. I just wish we could have, you know, maybe done away with those incessantly annoying political ads in our new reality. Is that too much to ask for? Number nine, we have the terror of the Denver airport. Illuminati, Lizard People, and Blucifer, the history of Denver airport conspiracies. Airports are fairly boring places. It's just basically a pause between different destinations, and most people hate being stuck there longer than absolutely necessary. However, if you happen to find yourself at Denver International Airport, you might just discover more than enough to keep you occupied until your flight number is called, because rumor has it that there's a huge airport and it's the, it's the headquarters of the Illuminati and that it doubles as a ready-to-use concentration camp for Americans that they'll be forced to live in once the New World Order takes over. Give that a second to, to sink in. <laughs> Take a deep breath. As you're heading to the boarding line uh, to get the hell away from this airport, don't forget to keep an eye out for the proof, quote-unquote, that this place is being used for evil purposes. This includes a huge Masonic slab sporting the words New World Airport Commission and eerie murals featuring soldiers wearing gas masks. 
Uh, as your plane finally sets off for any place but there, you might just see the red eyes of Lucifer blinking ominously at you from his spot outside the building. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, what the hell is a Lucifer? Well, I was wondering that same thing. So I did what uh, any person would do. I Googled it. And it uh, turns out Lucifer is actually a nickname that locals use for the Blue Mustang, which is a large fiberglass artistic sculpture of a Mustang. Uh, the statue stands 32 feet tall and weighs in at 9,000 pounds. It has red glowing eyes, naturally, um, and it's apparently haunted. So as the story goes, while the artist uh, Luis Jimenez was, uh, uh, Luis Jimenez, I butchered that one, good old Louis, uh, was working on his now famous blue Mustang, uh, his largest commissioned piece to date, and a commission from the city of Denver to be placed outside its recently built air airport, while this was going on, a section of the 32-foot-tall, 9,000-pound cast, uh, it fell on poor Louis, uh, severed, hit, severed artery in his leg. Uh, the wound ended up, unfortunately, killing uh, Jimenez, and the sculpture had to be finished posthumously by family, friends, and professional lowriders and race car painters uh, Richard Lovato and Camillo Nunez. On uh, February 28, 1995, a Denver International Airport officially opened. Get this. It was $3.5 billion over budget, and it was 16 months behind schedule. All right? Uh, to boot, the property is 54... The, the property itself consists of 55, uh, 54 square miles. And it makes you wonder, why do they need that much space... And more importantly, what lies beneath such a behemoth facility? It seems these days that almost anything can become the topic of conspiracy theories. And that includes one of America's major airports. Opened in 1995, Denver International has long been the subject of wild speculation. Well, when the airport began a major renovation project, they decided it was a chance to play along. Barry Peterson has that story. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. Washington, London, Paris. If the saucers ever do come, may we suggest another landing zone, Denver's airport, where some say the welcome signs are already up for gargoyles. And are they really making a new home for the lizard people as workers remodel the main terminal? And why is this guy, well, this thing, shushing us. It's all out of focus <laughs> and weird. Well, one may say these are the type of visitors that we have underground in our facility. Stacy Stegman is the airport spokesperson. What's really going on? What's really going on is we are revitalizing our terminal, improving security, creating additional capacity so that we can serve our passengers into the future. Okay, that's boring. This is a lot more fun, just for the record. Exactly. They even post on social media when aliens roam the airport. Since it opened in 1995, America's fifth busiest airport has swirled with conspiracy theories. How the runways make a swastika. How the blue Mustang statue earned the nickname Blucifer after it fell over and killed the artist. And then the murals. Some show peaceful times, some show apocalypse. If art is in the eye of the beholder, conspiracy investigative journalist Jay Widener beholds doom. City underwater, flaming forests, 
This is scary stuff. It's telling people in the know what this airport is all about. This theory says baggage handlers share basement space with a secret underground railroad to bunkers in the Rocky Mountains where top government officials will survive nuclear war. I heard that it's maglev. The whole thing is magnetic mag levitation. Ma magnetic levitation. And as the airport has some chuckles with conspiracy, there is the cat in the hat. Poor thing. I'm sorry, but this is a cat with a tin hat. Like, is that the imagery that Denver wants to project? Zombie cat lairs. Would you really believe this? Well, uh, people do. Do you? I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> so the next time an extraterrestrial needs a lift home, phone home, we now know the perfect airport to jump that flight. For CBS This Morning Saturday, Barry Peterson, Denver. You know, I've been to Denver International Airport before. I, I did a, a lecture there, a psychic show, and was there uh, with my friend Craig and, and my wife at the time, and we had a really long layover. And I remember just kind of sitting there on the floor, you know, uh, back leaning up against a wall, and we were right next to the uh, infamous mural. And it, it's creepy stuff. You do. You have guys with automatic weapons wearing gas masks. It looks like the apocalypse. You have children crying in the mural. You have all sorts of contrasting, um, you know, emotionally evoking images. And it's it's just strange. But perhaps the strangest of all is how freaking ginormous this is. Again, 54 square miles. I remember we got on a shuttle and this shuttle took us from the airport to the rental car place, which was still on airport property. Now, this place essentially has its own interstate system. That's how big this property is. We got on this, um, you know, this uh, trolley or tram or, or shuttle, and we, we were going a good clip, 50, 60 miles an hour, and we were on this, this uh, freeway on airport property, and it took us a good 10 or 15 minutes to arrive at the rental car place. And I, I was I was asking the driver, I was like, where the heck are we? He's like, well, we're still on airport property. And I'm like, my God, like if there was an apocalyptic situation, I'm pretty sure like half the world's population could, uh, you know, comfortably exist underneath uh, Denver International Airport. And that's one of the conspiracy theories. They have so many miles of underground tunnels there. You know, do they have food? Do they have you know, seeds, plants, uh, historical documents. Is it, you know, a proverbial Noah's Ark uh, to survive in case of a cataclysm? I don't know. We can only speculate, uh, but I just had to weigh in on that a little bit because it's the uh, it's the one place on this list that I've actually been to and experienced for myself. And uh, it's certainly so strange uh, as to, you know, the validity of all the conspiracies. Uh, nobody can really say for sure. Coming in at number eight, we have Sarah Spencer, and this has to do with uh, Princess Diana having a secret daughter, allegedly. By now, it's clear that the British monarchy is made up of Illuminati members, reptilians, vampires, secret agents, and descendants of Jack the Ripper. Naturally. <laughs> After all, it must be the Queen's reptilian blood that kept her up and at it for so many years, right? May her soul rest in peace. One of the most famous royal family members, who also has a host of conspiracy theories surrounding her life and death, is Diana Frances Spencer, affectionately known as the People's Princess, 
or the Princess of Wales. Uh, one of the more persistent rumors is that the is that Prince Charles and Diana secretly had a daughter named Sarah. So apparently the queen demanded that Diana undergo medical tests to confirm that she could bear children before the announcement of Diana and Charles's engagement would go ahead. Now Diana, Diana's uh, eggs were then harvested and fertilized with Charles's sperm. After the test came back positive, the embryos were to be destroyed, except the doctor didn't get the memo. Instead, he implanted them into his uh, he implanted them into his wife, making her an inadvertent surrogate for the royal couple. Uh, there have been further claims that the baby was born eight months before Prince William and uh, would be second in line to the throne after Prince Charles. The conspiracy even says that the Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton, uh, has met with Sarah Spencer and that the woman is a dead ringer for the late Princess Diana. Uh, kind of reminds me of the movie The Da Vinci Code, right, where Tom Hanks is a symbologist. That's a word, right? Symbologist. He's like a, a symbols genius who discovers that Jesus had a baby with Mary Magdalene and uh, the, the pretty French woman in the movie is the last living descendant of Jesus Christ. Um, as for the aforementioned royal conspiracy theory, it's anybody's guess. I mean, if, if Sarah Spencer is a dead ringer for the late Princess Diana, you know, I guess a skeptic, you know, might chalk that up to the fact that there are only so many genetic combinations in the world. Right, some people are just bound to look like one another, uh, and then there we go. That's kind of getting into uh, doppelganger territory, which we could do an entire show on doppelgangers. You know, people who look identical to other people. Number seven, last Thursday, and I have to admit, I had never heard of this one before. Most people believe that Earth has either been around for billions of years or that it was created a mere six thousand years ago depending on your beliefs. However, did you know that there are those who believe that the world was created last Thursday? <laughs> For real, last Thursday. According to this bonkers theory, which is also a counter to the creationism theory, says that Earth was created last Thursday, but with the appearance of being billions of years old. Insert eye roll here. Uh, this means that anything ancient, including fossils, buildings, mountains, etc., was created last Thursday, but in a state that makes them appear older. But uh, if you remember things that happened before last Thursday, well, that doesn't really matter because last Thursdayism can explain anything, as it is an unfalsifiable hypothesis. Uh, so anything that you say against it can be disproven simply by insisting that the creation of the Earth happened last Thursday. Now... <laughs> I think, coincidentally, uh, I think a lot of people living in today's world kind of live in their own reality, where facts don't matter. Uh, anything anything that you say uh, can be countered and downplayed. Uh, some people just like to live in their own little reality, I guess. But what the heck? Last Thursday. Um, so if you subscribe to this theory, uh, go ahead and remove your tinfoil hat and repeatedly hit yourself upside the head with a wiffle ball bat. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Last Thursday. I know, actually, I have a theory within a theory, if you will. So I bet this idea, this theory, was started, you know, by like a sarcastic uh, college student just for like a social experiment. You know, a genius kid who just wanted to see how many yahoos would actually believe it. And then when people actually did subscribe to the idea, the smart-ass kid either laughed because people took the bait or uh, the kid uh, wept tears of despair. You know, having finally realized how idiotic some members of our species can be at times. 
last Thursday. Good frickin' night on that one. <laughs> Just when you thought you've heard everything. Number six, no such thing as Roman Empire. The Roman Empire started out as a small town on the Tiber River in Italy and grew into an empire that left a huge impression on Earth as we know it today. However, a TikTok conspiracy theory is to be believed, uh, if it is to be believed, the Roman Empire never existed at all. So uh, a user named at Mommillennial uh, has decided that there's no proof that Hadrian's Wall, Hadrian's Wall is, a, is of Roman construction, that Roman archaeological uh, sites are simply misinterpreted, and that the entire idea of the Roman Empire was a hoax perpetuated by the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, furthermore, she claims that there is not one true Roman document in existence. Uh, one claim in particular really got under the skin of academics and historians, uh, namely one where Momlenial casually compared what she calls the, quote, so-called Roman Empire to the Disney Empire. After a heavy backlash, she backtracked slightly, stating that her claims were just metaphors, but she still argued that the massive gaps exist in the archaeological records regarding ancient Rome. Strangely enough, her bio states that she possesses a bachelor's degree in anthropology and history. Wow. Uh, whatever college she attended must just, you know, hand out degrees like participation ribbons, right? <laughs> no need to learn anything or pass a test. Just show up, collect your degree, and uh, go share your crazy opinions with the world as if they're actual facts. Number five, what is Australia? So this is a conspiracy theory uh, that says Australia doesn't exist. We all know that Finland doesn't really exist, but did you know that Australia is also just a figment of our collective imagination? Of course, this is very believable. After all, what even is a kangaroo? And what kind of place has an outback where people just disappear forever? Therefore, it should be common knowledge at this point that Australia is basically a huge cover-up by the British government who murdered all the prisoners it supposedly sent to the non-existent island. And don't be fooled, uh, everyone is in on it, including pilots, tour guides, and the actors who live uh, on decoy islands and pretend it's a place called Australia. Uh, you live in Australia, you say? No. In fact, you might be living in South America or one of the other nearby islands. <laughs> all right. So as we know, Australia is, in fact, a real place. Uh, it's real. It's also really deadly. The snakes are real. The spiders are real. The scorpions will really sting you with their really poisonous stingers. And um, personally, one of my favorite things to stumble across online are those those memes that say, meanwhile in Australia, you know, and it shows like a snake coming out of somebody's toilet or something crazy like that. Um, now, going back to the article, I, maybe there's a joke that just went totally above my head, but it starts out, we all know that Finland doesn't really exist. Well, last I checked, Finland was uh, actually a real country. Uh, call me crazy. <laughs> I don't know. If you get that joke, uh, email me and tell me the punchline because I didn't get that part. Uh, anyway, I did an internet search, uh, and all I, all I typed in, because I was curious, talking about deadly Australia, um, I said, how many poisonous? And Google automatically started filling in all the possible blanks. Um, and it knew exactly what I was searching for because all this information about deadly Australian animals popped up. So that kind of gave me a chuckle. Uh, but Australia is uh, the home of many different venomous animals. Actually, to date, uh, 66 venomous species are recorded um, being on that continent. 
the inland taipan snake, box jellyfish, you got the Sydney funnel-web spider, and the stonefish are all native to Australia, and they're the most venomous of their kind, according to Britannica. So, we don't have it so bad here in the United States. Got little garter snakes slithering around. Uh, everything that moves in Australia can kill you. Number four, the darkness behind the 2004 tsunami and uh, how the secret Russian tsunami bomb works. Tsunamis are terrifying events that uh, no one but those who lived through one can truly fathom. The 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami was one of the biggest and deadliest in history, and it's still spoken of in hushed tones in the affected countries. However, with all the tragic events of this scale, the conspiracy theories are not far behind. Uh, one of these theories claimed that India was testing nuclear bombs, and this caused the earthquake that led to the tsunami. Then there's the theory that, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Gemma Islamaya, uh, a Southeast Asian branch of Al-Qaeda, was uh, apparently to blame for the tsunami. They supposedly launched a terror attack in the form of an earthquake, and tsunami so that they could get their hands on some of the three billion dollars in aid relief that poured in after the disaster oh and there's also uh, those who firmly believe that aliens did it you know so they could correct earth's wobbly rotation or something like that as for the cause of the tsunami i think it was probably natural causes um, but this made the list nonetheless because of how crazy it is number three there are no real trees the earth is flat, and there are no longer any trees. Uh, this is according to the Flat Earther Movement, which says that the ancient trees of the world, which apparently extended 40 miles into the sky and had trunks two miles wide, uh, these trees no longer exist, and that the trees, quote-unquote, the trees that we see every day all around our world, in our neighborhoods, they are merely saplings of these ancient trees. Now, this theory was spread after a video appeared on YouTube in which a Crimean man claims that a cataclysmic event thousands of years ago destroyed 99% of Earth's biosphere and all the trees in the world. And the man goes on to say that mountains, mesas, and buttes are the remains of the ancient trees that have been destroyed. Also, uh, the rock found on Earth is not actual rock, but the widespread rubble of these ancient trees. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a new one to me also. Um, somewhere out there, I know there's a geologist or botanist who's listening, and their eye must just be twitching with this per particular conspiracy theory. But I warned you, this is nutty stuff. But uh, trees, you know, 40 miles high and, and trunks two miles wide, uh, this got me thinking of the largest real trees on our planet. And uh, so here's a little fun fact. Here's a little tree 101. So uh, coastal redwood on our planet reaches 380 feet high. It's a Hyperion tree. Uh, respectably, in second place is the mountain ash. It can reach 329 feet. You got the Sitka spruce coming in at 329 feet also. And then you have uh, the, the coastal Douglas fir uh, coming in at 327 feet tall. Now the General Sherman is the tree that's apparently the heaviest tree in the world. And that's located in Sequoia National Park in California. And the, the, it's a giant sequoia, uh, the sequoia dendron gigantum. And it's thought to weigh between 1,400 and 1,800 tons. It is also the largest living thing on Earth by volume. 
You know, and that's the great thing about this show. You might just learn a thing or two if you're not careful. You know, forget tsunami bombs. I just dropped a knowledge bomb on you. You're welcome. Number two, we have, uh, we're talking about Ronald Reagan here. What's up with Ronald Reagan's name? Did you know that the winning number in the Maryland lottery on November 4th, 1980 was 666? That date also happened to be the day of the 49th quadrennial presidential election in which Ronald Reagan won in a landslide victory. Uh, This obviously (laughs) means that Ronald Reagan was the devil, not only because of the ominous lottery number, but also because Reagan's full name spelled out 666 as well. You know, because each of his names has six letters, Ronald Wilson Reagan. More proof of devil shenanigans. Uh, Also, at the time of the election, the planet Uranus was uh, made for an unusual configuration in the night sky, uh, one that only comes around every 20 years. Uh, Surely no other proof is needed to know that something demonic was happening and that Ronald Reagan was part of it all. Well, you can bet your anus uh, that this particular conspiracy theory is nothing but poppycock. And if you're keeping track, that's the second time I've said poppycock on this podcast. Okay, now three times and counting. But before we get into the number one conspiracy theory, I just wanted to remind you, you can become a subscriber to So Strange. And if you do so, you can unlock super strange bonus episodes each and every Thursday. Uh, you're, You're missing out on a lot of good content. So become a subscriber today. The link is in the in the show notes. And uh kind of double double dose of podcasting pleasure so if you're enjoying the show uh you'll like it twice as much because in in the subscription the super strange episodes that i provide uh, will knock your socks clear off Um, also be sure to rate and review the show if you're enjoying it you can check out my other podcast called paranormal dads i explore the world's monsters myths and mysteries with my co-hosts and uh, good friends eddie and pat We've got nearly 80 episodes up and available for free anywhere you get your podcasts. And also, uh, one more reason to become a subscriber to So Strange is because of the extra perks. Now, one of those perks is I will randomly select one subscriber each month, and that person will win free tickets to my events. So the lucky winner for the month of November is Connie Butterworth, and uh, she will gain access to my upcoming event. And I do events every month, uh, some live in Omaha, Nebraska, some over Zoom digitally for those around the country. Everything from angel presentations to intuitive development workshops, uh, past life lectures, and everything in between. So uh, congrats to Connie. Thanks for being a subscriber. And we're going to bring this uh, down the home stretch with number one, which is blue pill versus red pill. Are we in a simulation? When the first Matrix movie was released, it messed with people's heads. <laughs> myself included. Uh, Are we living in a simulation? Is anything actually real? Then we moved on, as we always do, but for some, the doubt stuck and was transformed into a full-fledged conspiracy theory. So are we just nutrients for soulless machines? Taking the red pill means diving headfirst into a rabbit hole that says an advanced civilization will live long enough to create various simulated worlds with one base reality. So this means that we will all likely be, or might already be, uh, in one of the simulated worlds and not the base reality. While this theory obviously hasn't been proven, it also hasn't been disproven, which has led many people to believe that those pulling the strings are aliens and that they are conducting simulation experiments on us. Why, you may ask? Well, 
Seemingly, it's to investigate the different possible outcomes of various simulations, which scenario would lead to greater destruction, and so on and so forth. Welcome back to SourceFed Nerd. I'm Sam Basher. This year marks the 17th anniversary of The Matrix, a movie that brought to the mainstream the idea that our universe could actually be taking place within the brain of a supercomputer. It's a fascinating theory, one that has intrigued not only the filmmakers behind the project, but scientists and philosophers since the dawn of the digital age. But what if I told you that it's not as entirely far-fetched as it may sound, as scientists now more than ever have proof we may actually be living inside of a computer simulation? During a recent interview, Elon Musk himself was quoted saying, there's one in billions chance that we're not living in a simulation. The idea that reality is not as it seems can actually be traced throughout the entire history of man, even as far back as the musings of Plato and Aristotle. And though a fairly easy thing to postulate, it becomes a nearly impossible hypothesis to prove because how can we prove something that breaks the confines of the very reality that creates the rules of the universe in which we reside? Scientists have been asking this very question for years and have found some fascinating evidence that says it's possible that we could, in fact, be living in our own form of the matrix. Now, and that video was brought to you courtesy of SourceFed Nerd on YouTube. And if you're uh, cross-eyed and reaching for a bottle of Tylenol right now, <laughs> I don't really blame you. You know, the idea that we're living inside of a computer program is, well, it's certainly so strange. But it's one of the conspiracy theories on this list that actually makes the most sense, in my opinion. I mean, think about it. If we can create video games... You know, and we do. We create these video game worlds that are so detailed, so elaborate, they look and seem real. I mean, they're completely immersive and virtually limitless. So scale this process up a little bit, and perhaps some advanced intelligence created our world to look and feel completely real, when in fact, maybe our world is nothing more than a simulation. You know, in, in other words, we are characters inside of a video game and we, we don't even realize that we are because it seems so real. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if our reality is real or nothing more than a simulated matrix because either way, we still have to live, right? We still have to pay our bills. We still have to feed ourselves. We still have to obey traffic laws and pay our taxes. So regardless of the nature of our reality, uh, these are the parameters we're required to operate within. But I must admit, you know, things seem to be getting a little glitchy out there, if you catch my drift. Uh, people from around the world are getting video footage of events that defy our laws of physics. Uh, you got birds frozen in mid-flight, humans whose reflection in the mirror doesn't match their own face, objects moving on their own accord, and collective memories of events that never even happened. You know, I guess the Matrix conspiracy theory and all the other head-scratchers on this list will cause us sleepless nights for many years to come. You know, humans are a curious bunch. We love to speculate. We enjoy asking the question, what if? Whether these theories are rooted in fact or paranoia is subject to interpretation. And much like beauty, perhaps strangeness is in the eye of the beholder. And if nothing else, we can certainly agree that our world is so strange. <laughs>